Welcome to Bonehead Week. Okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's not fair. You burped prior to hitting record, and I was trying to get it out, and then you hit record. I have done it a couple of times, admittedly, for just to see if I could get make for fun because I thought it would be funny. For funsies. And then this time it wasn't. I apologize to our listeners. That will I'll try not to ever let that happen again. I hit record it's, after you burped. No, I burped and then I burped again after you hit record. Oh, well, I think we should go back. <laughs> Who listens to us? Every- I really wish. Marianne or Brian Combs, take some time, go back through, do some digging and figure this out. I really wish, by the way, I had a prop that would be really gross here. Like, I mean, that's disgusting. And then, like, I held up a severed leg and took a bite of it or something. That would be a good sight gag for people. Or you could do one of those, like, 80s Nickelodeon slime time things. Like, oh, Oh, that's not sick. This is sick. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Slime. Slime. Right. Okay. I'm actually, I was 50-50 on this, but I liked the idea. And then I started going down the deep dive of figuring out which ones are my favorite. And I'm actually kind of giddy about tonight's topic. The best Looney Tunes characters and shorts. I'm waiting for it. Thank you, Chad. You're you're a brilliant man of coming up with this topic. Yeah, I, I don't I've, think I created. I don't. I don't think you created Looney Tunes, Chad. I, I think, think once again, stolen Ballard. Stolen Ballard. His name is Chad Tex Avery Jennings. Was Tex? You Tex what? Avery was a director yeah, of. I know he was, but I would have gone Chuck Jones. Uh, Bob. Well, Clampett. one of mine Bob is Clampett. directed by Tex Avery, and one of mine is directed by Chuck Jones. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like the Twilight Zone. I'm telling you, if you liked it, Matheson. Shit, I forgot who created it. Serling. We'll say Serling. And honestly, this is one of those ones that was hard for. And I, and I think it was hard for both all of us because we're supposed to pick two of our favorites. And there's just so many. Yeah. I, and a lot of mine. And what's funny is, is the one, my favorite shorts that I decided to pick. And I can't, I can't pick my favorites. I just went ahead and picked four or five. And hopefully I'll two of those. Yeah, it's it, Looney Tunes is kind of like somebody going to you. Well, what's your favorite movie? All of us have a struggle with it. We usually have to pick between five or six. Yeah. And, well, and it depends on my mood, right? I mean, the, I and, and even with Looney Tunes, it depends on my mood. There's certain ones that hit me funnier at depending on what's going on in my life. But yes, yeah, it's one there's of the, no easy answer. And one of the ones I picked is blacklisted for lack of a better way of putting it. They don't show it anymore. I want to well, talk and, about that a little bit as well. And, 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 and we, we saw that with Space Jam, right? I mean, Pepe Le Pew is now, we don't, we don't talk about Pepe. Still, can we talk Disney about doesn't the, talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Pepe. Can we just talk about the absurdity of that real quick? Because I don't, I don't want to spend a whole lot on Space Jam 2 because it was terrible. Are you Space Jam about your Republican ways and how Pepe Le Pew should be able to rape whoever he wants? But no, <laughs> here's the problem. They censored Pepe. He can't do, we can't have him on here because he's a, because of the fact of, of you know the me too and and then rightfully so i get it but then I they put cameos I with that i don't necessarily i didn't say i agree with it i said i you see the rightfully point. so well i mean rightfully so is i see the point i, I sorry i got i don't wrong, know i still from, think it's a but still skunk but still the point is then they go put cameos of clockwork orange and you see the nun from the uh what was that movie i mentioned oh sister no, the nun from it's it's Ken Russell, I think. And one of his, oh, uh, Ken oh, Russell, flying the devils, the devils. Thank you. Yeah, I they put the nun from nun the jokes. devils in the background. Really? That's yeah. In, why we is talked. That in we, that movie? We, we talked about this, and they literally put every single property they they had they own 
in that movie. Oh, you didn't mention that. Yeah, but I've never seen it. I can't. It has. It is. It, it's terrible. I, it has it, also, as well as a, a character that got featured in Ready Player One. Uh, Joe, for those of us from the house, you'll remember that it also has the Arn Giant in it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say they've got a fucking Chucky. I mean, the, the, the mask is in it. In the one. mask you could list every single. But do you know the fact that the clock they 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 centered Pepe, but they put Clockwork Orange in there. Listen, those guys just want a little bit of the old in out in out. So the, Looney Tunes is controversial. There is a bunch of Looney Tunes episodes we could talk about that they no longer air. There is oh yeah, and along with Disney. Disney forgets a little bit of its history, too. Both studios made a lot of propaganda during the early 40s. I don't remember what was going on during then, but they sure were attacking two countries with their propaganda. Right? Well, there were also, there was a lot of, let's face it, culturally insensitive cartoons about people living in our country as well. Yes, yes. Uh, There's blackface and racism and all that exists, and it's not that hard to find. Just take five seconds on you. One thing I do have to say about the Warner Brothers, if you buy the gold collections, I think it's the second or third one, they start having Whoopi Goldberg does an introduction where she says these cartoons are, are of their time, they're complicated, that you know you need to be aware of this before you watch them. If you have children, you know, do, you know there's, a, there's a warning basically, but it's Whoopi Goldberg. And I think that's one thing I do have to give Warner Brothers credit for is that while there are some that have never been released, they have released some and said, listen, this happened, right? We're not hiding it completely. We're saying it happened. We're acknowledging it. We're having Whoopi Goldberg do an introduction and say, I still find these funny, but yes, they are complicated. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things because I think, I didn't know I'd go off on this tangent today, but I think like, for instance, my challenge with um song of the south song of the south has a lot of oh it was an idyllic time and look how happy everybody obviously that's not right at the same time though the people who made that film including uh is it james basket got a special academy award and by not that they erase his work by not and, and that's what i find complicated i'm not saying you should show it to children but at some point, not acknowledging it is also not acknowledging this is a real person who worked on this project and, and putting that in context. I struggle with it. I don't, again, I don't want, I don't think you should show it to children per se, but I think when you say, try to pretend nothing ever happened, you're also erasing history. I'm not crazy about things just being locked up in a vault and forgotten about and never mentioned again. Because it's easy. Like Disney's it, really bad for it because they'll release that shit in Europe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I was going to say, Song of the South, is, I think you can still get it on DVD in Europe. Can't yeah. hear. Can't hear, but you can in Europe. So, I, I, and if you can't, I'm telling you, up until a few years ago, you could. It's just a double standard and a little bit of BS. But they are complicated. They are of their time. And if you guys want, I'll go first, since mine's one of the more complicated ones of its time. Um. Mine is from 1936, and it's directed by Tex Avery. And a lot of people are are going to remember it not because of, not really because of the cartoon. They're going to remember it because of the song. It's called I Love to Sing. And a lot of people are going to remember it because of South Park. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know that a lot of the kids, because they don't sing anymore, they don't show it anymore. It depicts the story of a little owl, Owlette who uh, wants to sing jazz 
and instead his, his family wants him to do classical music and they all have German accents for some odd reason, his parents, but he just wants to do jazz. And basically it's a ripoff and a plot. It's a trip. They call it a tribute is a ripoff to the jazz singer, Al Jolson's jazz singer. And that's the plot of it. And a lot of people remember it to me and it's one of my favorite ones. And I, like I said, I just started picking things that I didn't necessarily think you all would pick. And at the same time, I wanted to be a little bit more, I don't know. I, I oftentimes complain to myself that mine are a little too on the nose when we pick stuff, but. No, but I why? know exactly the episode you're talking about. It, yeah, it's a, why do, why is this one so complicated now? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was know. trying to look it up. I mean, the jazz singer is a little complicated and I know there's, there's things with blackface and stuff that we wouldn't do. But he's a little owl who wants to sing jazz. That's it. Yeah. Why it did we? Why is it buried? They have not buried another one. I'm going to get to in a second. The WB never buried one. In fact, they used it all the time. Dave Chappelle even made jokes. Why yeah. is the owl buried? I don't, I, I honestly, I'm I just, know, it's a, not even, yeah. I don't expect you all to have the answer. I don't have the answer. And I'll be honest with you, Joe, you picked one of those ones that I know, but off the top of my head, I can't play it on my head. I just can't other than that's it's okay. about, it's about an, it's about a family of owls in a home and they're playing, they're having like a talent show, right? That's it. And he wants to sing jazz. And finally the short version of, and I, I could go with seeing through sing, but most people only know the song because of South Park and some others. Right. But it's one of those things that gets stuck in your head. If I want to sing it about the moon and the singing and the singing, I love to sing it. And by the way, if you don't, if you're not familiar, because we haven't, it's when he gets probed, right? Right. He, he suddenly, uh, when he, it's one of the very first, it's first like episode first, of South Park. Or yeah, he gets probed, and uh, when the 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 thing in his butt gets activated, yeah. he starts singing the song. I love to sing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. It is one of those things that's buried, and I maybe it's because I, I am ignorant. And if you're listening to this and thinking this hill jack is talking and doesn't know what he's talking about, that's fine. I'm ignorant of a many, of many great things, uh, <laughs> many details. There is a there is a would you say, James? There's a plethora of ignorance. In my I mean, mind? is it is it is it does it, it has a connection? A veritable now. plethora, sir. A veritable plethora, <laughs> a myriad of ignorance. However. I don't quite get this one. I, I, I guess it's just because, because if you got to say, well, he's trying to sing black. Well, so did Elvis. And so did Eminem. Yeah, I don't, and I, I don't know. Eminem about how he was trying to sing black and how Elvis, Elvis did it before him too. Could it, I don't know if it's his connection to Elvis. Yeah, I don't know if it's the connection to. a movie about Elvis. We, we, I don't know if it might be its connection to Al Jolson and the fact that, you know, he, Al Jolson famously sung in blackface. I'm not yeah. sure. That could be it. I, I just would like someone from the WB to call me up, offer me a job, and then when they're done, explain to me <laughs> why this is no longer. Now, I get that it's a little dated and a lot of people want to get the joke, but I'm pretty sure if I played the song, just like we were talking about Hambone the other day, pretty sure if I played the song, most of the kids are going, I love the singer. I've already heard the singer. Love the singer. All right, I'm done preaching about this. Who's next? Um, okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna go with um, with one, um, and it's uh, so to give you a background on this one. Um, I had a VHS tape. My father bought it was Just a cheap one. He, well, 
for a while yeah it was yeah. like a, it was a it was a it was a cheap vhs tape that had a a random set of cartoons on it um it, and I don't, all I remember is this one that I'm going to talk about. And then there's this one about an old man hobo who breaks into an orphanage and makes toys out of, out of the junk that he finds around the orphanage for the kids at Christmas. It's weird. It's about, it, he's literally a hobo, but you know, there, there you go. But uh, this one yeah. uh, uh, is an homage to, again, one of the two, to the classic duos in comedy history and one of my favorite comedy, comedy groups, period, comedy duos, period, Abbott and Costello. I'm talking about A Tale of Two Kitties. Mm -hmm. um, it is one of my personal favorites to this day. Um, you did say kitties. Kitties. Oh, damn it. And the reason why A Tale of Two Kitties is mostly familiar, famous is I believe it is the premiere of Tweety Bird, who admittedly is not one of my favorite characters. Me either. I I'm, never really cared for it. Huh? I'm all out of piggies. This is the yeah. best line Tweety Bird ever uttered. And he did that for the first time in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, the cool thing about... So, before... Because I don't want to talk about Tweety Bird, because Tweety Bird's actually not the reason why I love this this cartoon. Um, but uh, Tweety Bird, uh, his first appearance, it's also where he appeared naked. He has no... He's just complete skin colored. And this was this proved a problem for studio execs and censors because they thought it was too obscene. So that's why he get the, he now has the iconic yellow feathers hmm. because he he was just a bird a baby bird in a, in a nest and baby birds are without feathers so that's why they drew him that way. I never thought but, of that. Yeah, no, but um, I've always loved this cartoon. It's literally these two cats who are obvious caricatures of Abbott and Costello. The characters' names are cats, cats, fellow and Babbitt mm -hmm. um, and it's just them trying it's Babbitt trying to get his uh, he's just this swarmy con man of a cat and he's trying to get his his lackey Catstello to get Tweety Bird for him for dinner and Catstello just keeps getting bombarded by by just gets keep getting his butt kicked by Tweety Bird over and over again um, but just hearing yeah, but just hearing Mel Blank do an imperson a dead-on impersonation of uh of Cost Lou Costello, it's phenomenal. Um Hey Babbit. Hey Babbit. I don't want to do it too loud because my, my entire family's upstairs sleeping. But it also has one of the best lines. I still it's in in terms of not only Looney Tunes, but just period. One of the best lines ever. So they're trying to get the bird and Catsello keeps screwing up and Babbitt goes, come on, stupid, get the bird. And Catsello goes, because he's trying to climb um, over these wires to get uh, Tweety Bird. And yeah. Babbitt just keeps saying, give me the bird, give me the bird. And then Catsello says, if that Hayes office will let me, I give him the Boyd. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you all don't understand what that is, tell them about the Hayes office. <laughs> So the Hayes office is, a, is an allusion to the Hayes code, which yes. came about in the, uh, what was it? The four, it was in the forties, the thirties and forties, yeah, thirties and forties, which basically completely censored movies and let all uh, and restricted them from what they could do. And it was kind yeah. of the biggest federal government uh, item. And you could, yeah. uh, this is a, this is a horrible uh, uh, summary of what the Hayes Code was, but yeah, it was just a complete. And part of the Hayes Code was to make sure that the government didn't come in and take over. Right. 
yeah so it was them agreeing to things to make sure the government didn't come in and censor them and, and it was get into this about oh uh what's his face in the movie uh, uh leonardo play leon plays leo plays him in the aviator what's his name oh howard hughes howard hughes and a couple of his films started to get a little racy especially yeah. at the time with some buxom ladies and it uh it's an yeah. interesting time if you want to look up some of that history that's a good historical joke yeah it's just again it's just that whole thing about you know them trying to censor hollywood and, and they did it in weird ways and it just it never made sense and you could even go look into that how some it was just random and made no sense um but yeah the, this line especially if you're if you're a, a movie buff like us it's hilarious. <laughs> I've got to go look that up. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I just love it. Um, and you know, it's it even has Tweety's favorite line of "I thought I saw a putty cat." Um, it's 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 in this movie. It's in this one. So I just love everything about this cartoon. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's all I have, James. What do you have, James? James, ain't nobody in hell can hear you. No, no, you've got it all okay. totally muted. You're... Totally muted. Hey, Ken, no, nothing, nothing. That was the best nothing. job you've ever done, <laughs> Chad. <laughs> best I've ever looked, too, if I turn this camera off. Anyway, um, no, I'm going to talk about an episode that I wasn't going to talk about till I realized you were talking about episodes. And I thought about what's the most quotable episodes that I love. And I immediately had to jump to this one because literally, my father quoted this episode all the time just if he if you were talking about something and he didn't care he would quote this episode and that is the great episode hair raising hair oh damn it i knew it would take more hair raising hair is one of the best episodes of all time watch is also directed by chuck jones what is it chad did he take one of yours he came close he took mine it's it was number two Hair raising hair. My father would always do the scene. So if you're not familiar with hair raising hair, uh, well, you're uncultured. It's fine. But other than that, hair raising hair is the episode where uh, the Peter Laurie like doctor yeah. lures in Bugs Bunny with the mechanical wind up female rabbit. Um, it's one of those episodes where Bugs Bunny doesn't cross dress, uh, but he then lures in, and 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 of course he unleashes uh, the big hairy monster on. Do you know Bugs his name? Bunny gossamer gossamer yep gossamer is the name uh he unleashes gossamer which most people know is a big hairy monster with tennis shoes yep and of course hijinks ensue but my father loved the entire scene where he tricks him into getting the manicure yep and let's put our patties in the one but my father would do the entire (laughs) thing that follows most people they don't do the whole thing oh he would do the entire monsters must be uh oh that's what i always did i I was talking to martha just the other and i've now done it so much that my children will do it back to me if i'm talking about something literally my eldest won't go that's great dad monsters must be so many interesting people i love interesting people do you mean interest and they'll go on and on and on (laughs) what's also great about this episode though is of course it breaks the fourth wall at the end bugs bunny's finally cornered everything's gone wrong and he's you know he's got him by the throat and bugs Bunny goes wait doc wait look out there and of course gossamer looks directly into the camera and screams ah people and runs off yes (laughs) and that's that's i mean then it then the mechanical robot comes back and uh you know they have another little scene there but it, it is a great episode and and as y'all were quoting lines i'm like 
ah, I wasn't going to talk about hair raising hair. Well, that's because you're a got... son of a bitch and you stole my second one. Well, and then I psychically used my powers to learn that you were going to do it. And I thought, how can I ruin Joe's day other than by obviously stealing his land? By the way, oh. you've got 24 hours. <laughs> I got 24 hours to get off. Hey, yeah. uh, but can I add just a little bit to that? Oh, yeah, no, go ahead. So one of the things I love about it and the reason it was going to be my, actually, it's probably my top three i just wanted to go i yeah. thought it, the flow went better with going with the other one first right of the show but it's it, it has I, I do love halloween i do love horror films they're not my favorite but they're right up there and it's everything it's a dark castle it's it's like transylvania yeah for anyone who knows i just love peter Lorre. I love oh, yeah. bad Peter Lorre impressions. I yeah. tried my best to get it down over the years. I still never got it. I think that's it the has, only reason. And by the way, I think that's the only reason I got Joe hooked on Gilbert Godfrey's podcast is because Gilbert every episode did a Peter Lorre impression. I love his. He does the best Peter Lorre. Yeah. Well, and then Gilbert and I share like you all. We, uh, just to love. I knew he loved horror films, but yeah. Anyway. I, I just love hair raising and the thing, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Zemeckis because I was going to talk about this with us. And when he's talking about who framed Roger Rabbit, when they were trying to build who framed Roger Rabbit is that they wanted to take little things from all the different, the, the animation. So one, you know, from, from uh, I'm, I'm blanking on something. So the one you Disney, nobody did animation better, looked better than Disney detail. But Looney Tunes, it wasn't necessarily as it was fun. No one had more three-dimensional characters yeah. than the Looney Tunes. Right. Looney Tunes, those are people. We know those people. I don't know that I know Mickey Mouse. But I know Bugs Bunny. And this is this is one of those things that always this always baffled me. And it's it's simply I, I really blame Warner Brothers for everything that they do. It's my favorite studio because they have so much of everything I love. And then they just watch them mangle. But I still can never fathom why every, there's this cult obsession with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy. And They're, then to a lesser, but, but they, we, you sort of have that with Bugs, Daffy and, and Sylvester and Elmer. But not to that extent. And that they're just so the characters are so much better. There's like, I can't, I can't, I can give you maybe one Disney short that I love. I have more than that. I don't. I don't. I really I, do. It's, it's I one or two. But, but now I will. Admit, I have the answer. I to me. It's marketing I, for me. No, I don't think. I don't even think it is. James. Merchandising. Well, that's it's, part of it. They are better at marketing. They are better at marketing. They are better at merchandising. But I think it's it's when you're. It's easier to understand Mickey, and Goofy and Donald because it's much more simplistic and it's something you've latched onto your childhood. I think there's multiple, and I swear to God, I guess I've given the Looney Tunes too much credit, but I don't think so. I think there are multiple levels to those things that you enjoy more as you become a preteen, a teen and an adult, especially as an adult. But can we, can we, I mean, does that make I, sense? I, to you all? I also, there's think more that, levels to it. I just yeah, think there's more, I, I think and people right. are attached to Mickey mouse, Mickey house, clubhouse, all those things. When you're three and four, I watched it with my kid. I think you're right. But I think the other side of it is that everybody thinks of, of, and you said it, you said it a moment ago that, you know, the animation looks cleaner with Disney, uh, you know, it's, it's more polished, but well, that's, I that's think, yeah. I think Looney Tunes is actually, I'm going to make some people upset, but I don't mean to it's higher culture. 
right? Yes. I mean, yes. there's, there's another level. There's a a another tree level. grows in Brooklyn is shown how many times in old Warner Brothers cartoons, right? And it's a throwaway dog about, oh, it makes dogs run off because they're going to go pee, right? Uh, but how many people know a tree grows in Brooklyn? It grows in Brooklyn because of Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's almost like Sam Raimi throwing a farewell in uh, a farewell uh, to arms. arms into uh, Evil, Evil Dead, Dead Two, too, yeah. right? It yeah. you it you can or Mel Brooks it, making a Kafka Kafka joke. Yeah, you Happens can make twice. you can make these little comments and you can do it in throwaway gags, and it hits like other people. Oh, farewell to arms, he lost an arm. Okay, great. But then it also hits if you've read that or if you're familiar with this. Oh, okay, it's another layer. And I don't think, and, and by the way, I'm a big fan of Disney animation. Too, I, so am too. Kill me. I am too. But as Joe was saying, it's an, I, it is, it's another layer. There's, it, there's. And again, I'm just not, I'm never, I'm never, I never sit down and watch Disney shorts. I just never can. Oh, but there's you, two or three. Oh, there. Lonesome Ghost. Lonesome Ghost. And that one where they're cleaning those, uh, uh, the clock tower. That's good. Yeah, that, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying there's a few, but I'm not saying that there's uh, there, like, we are marathoning me and my daughters are marathoning looney tunes cartoons we are through season 17 for god's sakes and it still gets keeps getting better we've tried watching mickey and they're they're just they're boring except for a few i'm not oh, saying no, I, I, they're, they're very like the, 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 the the chippendale christmas tree episode that's a good one it's a great one but it but now compare that to anything of looney tunes there's no comparison well and also looney yeah, but, tunes but they're still done better that's the other thing it's just that you oh i know yeah disney animation was the best is the best and i don't know and also too the other thing i was kind of curious about because if i'm not mistaken disney animation studios they closed in the mid 60s or late 60s and then we didn't see a resurgence of, of warner brothers animation until the 80s so that could have been another staple as to why there's a whole thing of I, it, this, or Disney, where Disney just kept going. This is my theory, and I truly believe that I think, and that's part of it, Chad, and part of it. Warner Brothers has never made, has never had a wet dream they couldn't fuck up. Right. Yeah. Um, now, now, but I really think the characters are just more three dimensional, and there's just other layers of humor there that I don't know my four year old or a five year old is going to necessarily get. And we do have an attachment to the marketing and the magic of Disney. It's just hard not to. I guess I'm, I'm I'm different than the other than because I don't have that tie to Disney. I just don't have that magic feeling to them for the most part with them. What you do when you go to Disney World? Somewhat, but it's only about watching it through my kids' eyes, not not through me. Oh yeah, that oh is no, wild. I will go without hate my Phil children. James. He did set in gum when we went. I, yeah, well, no. I was gonna say, I, and I don't know, they don't even sell in the park. Did they I don't even sell that? in the park, and he's setting gum. That sums up Chad. I will because no, I, I went to Disney a few times before this, even with with Joe. I never got to go with James. And I enjoyed myself, but I was never, oh, Disney. And then I just never got it. I had fun, don't get me wrong, but I just never got it. And then when I went with my kids for the first time and saw it through their eyes, and I like even we, when we went a couple of months ago, saw it through their eyes again, I'm like, oh, this is for them. I, and I, I am enjoying it, watching it feeding through them. And it was just, it's a completely different experience. So yeah, no, but anyway, we got to get back on Looney Tunes. We're well, my, I'm Disney. up. And the next one I want to talk about is an actual, another, I don't want to call it a horror one, but it's one of the darker ones. It's Transylvania 6, 5,000. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I didn't realize this was the the last one directed by Chuck Jones before. Really? He left and let, yeah. It's the last one he did before he went to MGM and it came out in 63. 
And if you, it's the second to last cartoon of Warner Brothers. It's his second to last. I'm so sorry. Um, so he's an umpire trying to beat a vampire with six simple magic incantations. And this is the title is of six, 5,000. It's a pun on a song about Glenn Miller, Miller. Right, Pennsylvania, right, right. six, 5,000. Yeah. And if you don't remember this one, it's one of the, where you can remember bugs walking around going abracadabra. And then the guy will turn into a bat. Hocus pocus. And he'd turn back in and fall, hurt himself. And it's, that's the running gag for most of it. Yeah, and he also uses the connotation Walla Walla Washington. There's a uh, there's a witch hazel joke. Hold on, I'm trying to remember everything I had to hold down here. I, it's one of those that I also don't know that it's one of the best, but it has a special place in my heart. And I, I just remember that it came out towards the end of the run in the mid '60s. I mean, cartoons by that time were about to die off, especially in front of. I believe the next I believe the next year is when Warner Brothers shut down their animation department. Yeah, it was right towards the end of when they were just started stopping to do. I mean, it's also television. The cartoons were on television. Nobody wanted the cartoons in front of the movies anymore. You also didn't have news in front of the movies, which was something that used to happen all the time because you would watch news where at your yeah. home at six yeah. o'clock. You didn't need it in front of the movie anymore. I do feel that life would be a little richer and a little sweeter if you went to the movie theater and you got a cartoon before your movie oh yeah don't get me wrong like a I, new I wonder, cartoon they wouldn't always have to be good but if you and i always wonder if that's why i enjoyed dick tracy as much as i do because i got that roger rabbit cartoon in front of it yeah so uh, yeah but i mean I, don't get me wrong dick, dick tracy is still one of my favorites um, it's not my it's not my top 10 by any means but i still love it um and i just wonder if i just had that tie of i got to watch a cartoon before it <laughs> maybe i don't know i but i it's one of those i like chad yeah um so i'm gonna go uh i struggled because there are just so many and i really didn't want to pick a bugs bunny cartoon i didn't because i feel i just felt like it was on the nose but bugs is the man dude but when talking about Bugs Bunny, I also have to talk about one of my favorite characters, Pete Puma. So I got to talk about Rabbitskin. Okay. From 1952. I don't know if you all, Joe, are you familiar with Rabbitskin? And Putin, I'd, Putin? I'd have to look it up. So it's all about, uh, so Bugs Bunny finds this little bitty kitty rabbit who sounds an awful lot like Chip and Dale. And he's trying, and this Puma is trying to eat the rabbit, the little bunny rabbit. So Bugs Bunny takes the kid under his, his wings and teaches him how to defend himself against Pete Puma. And Pete Puma, who is voiced by Stan Freeberg. Uh, oh, really? Uh, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this one, Chad. I haven't seen this in a long time. Um, I remember the visuals of it, but I don't. Yeah, Stan Freeberg is, is the voice of Pete Puma. But yeah, it's uh, I, and it's one of those ones where it's repetitive because it's always, would you like one lump or two? Yes, yes. <laughs> And Pete Farmer, he goes, he's always going, the way he talks, I don't want to do it on the microphone because he just goes, yeah. Right. <laughs> but and he's you, also in drag. Right. And you get, <laughs> but you know. Uh, now I've got to go back and watch this. Damn you, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the line. Okay. So, you know, one of the favorite, again, it's just repetitive. The whole one lump or two, it's, it's constantly over and over again because Pete Puma is so dumb. He just falls for the same shtick every single time. It's all about the delivery because each time it's a buildup, but it's a different way of getting to it. 
Um, but one of my one of the favorite parts is um, Pete goes, well, I think I'll have to be going now. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bugs says, oh, no, no, you can't leave. Well, you got to have a nice cup of tea with me. <laughs> and this is like the third or fourth time he's done it. <laughs> and he gives him the tea. And uh, Bugs goes, there's nothing as sociable as a nice cup of tea. I always say, how many loves you want? Oh, three or four. And then he just whacks him on the head uh, like five times, really, really hard. And Bugs goes, oh, dear, I gave you one too many. Well, let, well, I can fix that. And he just proceeds to hammer Lock one him. of the, the, <laughs> the, the bugs in. And then, and then for good measure, he goes there and here, here's a cigar for you. And he shoves a cigar in his mouth, lights it and it explodes on <laughs> even like, even to the right now, just explaining it. it I am laughing. It, it wills me with so much joy to watch rabbits kin. And I just have to, con I just, it had to be brought up. I, there were so many I could bring up because again, let's do an honorable mention through because there's one I want to talk about too. I, there's one I desperately want to talk about. Okay. James go. I, you know, gentlemen, I have to be honest. There is a, a very important one that, I, again, it was not my intent to talk about, but I, you, you all may realize this. I enjoy things that are absolutely nonsensical. Um, the yeah. weirder it is, the better. I've, I've, in, I've experienced your friendship. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and maybe that's why I'm friends with you. Everything, but anyway, but that's where not, that was going. Yes. All right. Uh, well, you're not that important. I was talking about there me. is one. <laughs> there is one uh, cartoon that has what is the best song ever recorded for a Looney Tunes album that has these lyrics. Now, I will not attempt to sing this a la the character, but I will just quote it. Peeping through the knothole of Grandpa's wooden leg. Who will wind the clock when I am gone? Go get the axe. There's a flea in Lizzie's ear, and a boy's best friend is his mother. Now, that's just the opening verse, gentlemen. That song, by the way, is called Go Get the Axe. <laughs> and it is a song that is featured in a good, again, I didn't know Bugs Bunny would be in both of mine, but here we are. Uh, Hair Trigger with Bugs Bunny. Now, again, this is Bugs Bunny versus Yosemite Sam, and I love the character of Yosemite Sam. But what makes this episode so great to me is it becomes utterly nonsensical because it's one of those episodes that ends, and it's making fun of the old serials and all that stuff because Sam finally has Bugs Bunny. He's tied up and all that stuff, and it freezes frames. And then this narrator comes on, and the words start appearing on the screen you know, will our hero escape? Will, and it's all always going on. And we don't know how he does it, but all of a sudden Bugs Bunny walks onto the screen in a top hat and a suit carrying a bag of gold, looks directly into the camera and says, he doesn't know me very well, does he? And that's the end of the episode. It's nonsensical, but it's so great. By the way, what most people don't get in modern audience is it's funny still, but that him looking into the camera and saying, he doesn't know me very well, does he? It's actually from Red Skeleton. Red Skeleton had a character called the Mean Little Kid that would end every skit with, he doesn't know me very well, does he? And that's Bugs Bunny mocking Red Skeleton, ending skits that way, or, or caricaturing, if maybe not mocking. But yeah, it's just, again, it's an episode that is completely nonsensical, but it opens with Bugs Bunny singing, go get the axe. 
And I remember watching it with my family and all of us just rolling when we realized what Bugs Bunny was singing was utter nonsense. Like there's a flea in somebody's ear, go get an ax. And it was hilarious. Every bit of it worked for me. Sorry, I'm laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's, it's not quite uh, Crambone or whatever, but Crambone. it's almost there. It's almost there where you're like, oh, did he just say go get an ax? I mean, it's perfect and it's nonsensical and i love the fact the episode doesn't pull back from how nonsensical it gets up to the time where it just freeze frames and then it ends with that he doesn't know me very well does he never explains how he escapes doesn't have to it's just funny and so again i had two epi other episodes picked out so we'll have to do some honorable mentions but those will be my two main ones because they are the ones that if if i ever catch them on I stop, and I do have uh, the first one, uh, Hair Raising Hair. I have it on DVD on a Halloween collection that Warner Brothers put out, and every oh, every Halloween, I watch it without fail. I'd love to have that. All right, so my honorable mention was rated in 1994. It was voted number five of the greatest, 50 greatest cartoons of all time by the members of the animation field, and it's one of those ones that they've gotten rid of. I want to sing it. But one froggy evening, you can still find and you can still watch. Directed by Chuck Jones, and it stars who's the name of the frog, Chad? Do you, what do you remember? Michigan J. Michigan, Michigan J. J. Yeah. Frog. That's right. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my from ground. I. It's a singing frog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to tell you if you've never seen it. It's a show about a singing frog who won't shut the hell up. And every time someone finds him, they think they're going to be rich. And then they realize, I mean, they find him in a construction site where he's been buried. And you find out that, oh, no, this frog won't shut the hell up. It's awful. Uh, guys, did I miss something with the plot? No, no. That's, that's about it. But that damn frog is hilarious. That short is hilarious. Well, and in the 90s, they did a WB, and then Dave Chappelle had the whole thing about, and I'm racist as hell. <laughs> Warner Brothers, though, I mean, Warner Brothers Animation, including when they partnered with Amblin, has played that, that pastiche, I guess, of the character that won't stop talking. Actually, one of my favorite Animaniacs has the guy that tells a story about meeting Bob Barker, and it's voiced by Ben Stein. And it goes on for 10 minutes and it literally shows even the Warner Brothers. They're like, they're trying to brush their teeth to go to bed. And he's, he's behind them with a toothbrush in his mouth going, and that's when I realized I could meet Bob Barr. And it's just, so that concept, even though they, they you know, that Michigan J Frog may not get screen time anymore for uh, some complicated reasons. But I, think, and, and, I don't think they've done away with Michigan J. No, Frog, no, I, actually, I, I've seen plush Michigan J. Frogs. That, like, yeah, I, 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 and, and, and by the way, they shouldn't. It's it's hilarious. I, I still laugh. I'm thinking about it now laughing because no one speaks a word in it except the damn frog. That's it. There's no other character that talks in that short except the frog singing. That's it. Every story is told. Through pictures, Chuck Jones, brilliant animation. You know it's Chuck Jones because of the side eye. If you think of the Grinch and he's sitting there and all of a sudden his eye shifts and he's like, that's yeah. Chuck Jones style. Mm -hmm. Guy who finds him does the same damn thing. You've seen it through 32,000 Chuck Jones shorts. I just love it. Chad, you got a quick pick? God, yeah. I mean, I've got several. Um, I don't want to pick another Bugs Bunny one because uh, I've already mentioned one. So I'm going to talk about Daffy Duck Slept Here. Okay. from from 1948 it's the one where porky pig is 
desperately trying to find a room to get some sleep. Um, and he goes into this hotel room and there's only one vacancy. Uh, but the problem is he has to share a room and that room is with Daffy Duck. <clears throat> and it's all about Porky trying to get some sleep and Daffy doing one thing after another to prevent him from sleeping in that bed. <laughs> um, I just love it. <laughs> it's <a good> <laughs> <laughs> what it's a good one i love it yeah i know it's it's, it's just uh anyone where so daffy duck is one of those characters in and i think i mean there's a couple but he's one of these ones that had two drastically different roles in looney tunes at the beginning he was the the bugs bunny character but then he became the heel he became the elmer fudd he became yosemite sam he was the guy who always was trying to do the terrible thing and Bugs Bunny always outwitted him. Um, and this is one of those ones where he was just a crazy man, just bugging the crap out of poor Porky and Porky's always the innocent schlub. Um, so Porky's I just, he's the every man. He really is the every man. That, that's, that's his role. Yeah. And he's, and he's constantly getting stepped on. Unfortunately, <laughs> you hardly see, he's Porky, the every man. <laughs> you hardly see Porky get the, get his, 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 you know, comeuppance. He, he never gets it. He never wins. He's always getting stepped on. Um, so yeah, no, I, I just love this one. It's an honorable mention. I could go on and on. There are several, there are several. And if so, you guys really like this episode, let us know. We'll come back to it. So now we need to talk about our characters, right? No, James didn't give his. I, I want to do one quick honorable mention. I have to do this because you mentioned Daffy Duck and this was one I had to talk about. So I did my two that I ended. I came up with as I went along because I'm like, God, I got to talk about it. Duck Amuck, though, is one of those. I watched it as a kid. As soon as it came on, I'm like, oh, God, it's that one. I got to sit down and watch it. Duck Amuck, directed by Chuck Jones, written by Michael Maltese. It's the episode, if you've seen it, you know it, where the animator picks on Daffy Duck. Daffy yeah. Duck normally gets to torment everybody, and then the animator takes control. This was rated number two out of those top 100 animated moments. Uh, that being said, it is also still so relevant that the recently rebooted Animaniacs does an entire episode where an animator does it to uh, Yakko, and Yakko even has the line, we've done this before, and it was and with Daffy, and people, it was done better, so he has well, a I line. Mean, this has been done several times. Tiny Toons did it. Yeah, and, and it's just this idea of, you know, uh, of what that means. So, yes, that is, again, hands down, if you've never seen it, Duck Amuck, Google it, you'll find it, I'm sure, somewhere. But it is an episode that it spins all episode breaking the fourth wall, and and Daffy is trying to we we need, we need to make a cartoon, bud. We got to do this, and the animator just torments him, nonstop. and him just getting more aggressively irritated because that that's yep. just that's the Daffy Duck you love. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you've never seen Duck and Muck, check it out. Duck and Muck, 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 Muck. All right, some of my favorite characters. I will go first. Uh, we were supposed to pick two, and. <sighs> I wanted to go a little more obscure and one of mine is going to be because once again, James, as you were talking about quotable, I have quoted this my whole life. I've quoted this to friends and family, my friends and family quoted to me, but it's Hugo, the abominable snowman. I, what? I thought you were going to pick mine. Hugo is got, I will love him and hold him and squeeze him and call him what? George. George. Why George guys? <laughs> because they're fucking Looney tunes. That's why they're Looney. Why does he call him George? Have you ever thought about it? No, I, 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 that's one of those ones. I, felt, I wondered if that was one of those references I just didn't get, and I never have looked it up. I, I, it may be a reference. Like what? Yeah, like Maroon. I didn't know what Maroon was till a few years ago. 
that right. Bugs is an idiot and doesn't know that it's supposed to be pronounced moron. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I never knew that either until I didn't know that until what a year or two ago. I had yeah. no idea. I was like, what a maroon. I was like, oh, that's just funny to say when you're a kid. And then later, I was like, why the hell does he call him a maroon? And you're like, oh, no, Bugs didn't read it correctly. And he's an idiot <laughs> because they're loony. And he just says maroon because he read that. So why does he call him George? The abominable snowman doesn't show up in a lot, but oh, so many fond memories. Actually, he's kind of sad. He's sitting there with his buddies. He's melting, and it's not really him. And there's anyway, that's one of my favorites. Who's next? I'll go next because I don't want James to steal mine on the off chance that he does. I don't think he would, but I'm going to go for it. Uh, and this is a, definitely an obscure one. One of my favorite characters of all time is Beaky Buzzard. Beaky Buzzard? Beaky Buzzard. Oh, Beaky is that the, the the go out and where his mother sends him out to get yep. dinner? Nope, nope, nope. nope I don't nope, want to. Nope, nope. Don't want to. I've, I've been saying <laughs> that for years. <laughs> it has. I know one exactly of the, who it is now. I just didn't it know has his name. Great scene. The scene that I always remember. And I hope I'm not sending your ch- thunder chat. Is when at the end or in I, I don't know how many episodes he's in chat. Well, we're gonna get into. I'm gonna get into that. But where where he thinks he's dead because he's landed where the the uh, skeleton was and yeah. bugs, the bus guy. He's oh no no. And it's his, it's it's somebody else's rib cage. Yeah, <laughs> it's such great. a great scene. It's a great scene because he plays it so like oh my god I'm dead. Yeah. But no, his most iconic phrase is nope nope don't want. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but he was created in 1942 and first appeared in Bugs Bunny gets the Boyd which is the one I believe James is referencing directed by Bob Clampett. He was also create he Bob Clampett also gets credited for creating Beaky. Um, in the original cartoon, he's actually not called Beaky. He's called killer. Um, he didn't get the name Beaky buzzard until his second appearance in the bashful buzzard, which is where we hear. Nope, nope, nope. Don't wanna. <laughs> and this is the thing. Beaky only appeared in four episodes of Looney Tunes. That's it um most people believe his appearance was actually limited due to the untimely death of the actor who provided his voice kent rogers kent rogers uh did two 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 cartoons for looney tunes as beaky um and then he was unfortunately killed in a training flight while serving as an ensign in the navy during world war ii because you know that's where everybody went uh yeah um and after his death uh so one of the more uh, famous episodes of beaky is when it's the lion he i don't know if you remember this episode i'm i'm i didn't no, look up, i don't i don't i don't i didn't look up the title of it i wish i would have but basically it involves a lion who's having his birthday party and he gets a birthday card from beaky letting him know it's uh it's now he's now at the light the the expectancy where a lion's supposed to die and he's there to eat him <laughs> and it's all about the beaky following this lion around as he keeps coming closer and closer to death <laughs> waiting to peck his innards out that's just good family entertainment and then, and then the lion finally gets fed up he flies to the moon he goes into a cave boulders himself up comes out tw- like 20 years later and he's like all crippled and and bunched over he goes well now man you might as well have at me now <laughs> and beaky goes i can't i lost my teeth all i can eat these marshmallows <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> now I gotta go watch that. That was gonna be my honorable mention, but because I was talking about Beaky, this is where I'm talking about it. It's one of my favorite episodes, and I didn't realize it was it, it, that was a Mel Blank doing the voice of Beaky, and I believe it may have been the last episode. Uh, they ended on a high note, so yeah, Beaky only unfortunately only appeared in four episodes. James, 
I'm going to have to talk about one that I guess technically only appeared as a major character in one episode. I thought it was more than that, but was important enough that later on has gotten tons of street cred. And that would, of course, be Yo-Yo Dodo. Yo-Yo uh, James, it was going to be mine. I love Yo-Yo Dodo. Yo-Yo Dodo. So Yo-Yo Dodo. What is Yo-Yo Dodo? I need to look it up. Porky in Wacky Land. Is the name of the episode mm-hmm. where he is the main antagonist. Porky goes to find the last dodo. Are you really the last dodo? Yes, I'm the last of the last dodo. I'm the um, last of the dodos. And he it's and of course Wacky Land is tons of references to how weird things are. Uh there is an Al Jolson reference. Um there's also though a, a mystical beast that has three heads that conveniently look like the three stooges. It came out in 1938. Um, and it, it is the entire plot is going to get the last dodo. He finds out there's one dodo left in Wacky Land, which is a nonsensical place, of course, and quote unquote darkest Africa. So, Porky Pig's gonna go and get the last of the dodos. And of course, all it, it's your typical Bugs Bunny type thing, except instead of Bugs Bunny, it's Yo Yo Dodo. And he goes through all these things. He torments him, all that stuff. What's really, uh, and at the end, by the way, Porky Pig gets him and he starts to celebrate. And what does Yo-Yo Dodo have to do? He has to call for help. And that's when all the other Dodos show up. So he's not really the last of the Dodos. And anyway, I love that though, because I love that watching that as a kid. And it's number two on that list of top 50 animated. It's now preserved in the Library of Congress as being culturally significant. But if you were a kid in the 80s, you knew it was a big deal because we also got Go-Go Dodo in Animaniacs, which was one of, or I'm sorry, in Tiny uh, Tiny Toons, sorry. He's my favorite favorite character in Tiny Toons. Yeah, Tiny Toons, I mean, literally it was, uh, uh, yeah, he was just, because any time they went to Wacky Land, you knew it was going to be a good episode of Tiny Toons. Yeah, that and that 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 was one of the more serious episodes of Tiny Toons is when the 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 mysterious circus guy comes and kidnaps Gogo and all the other inhabitants of Wacky Land. They start to die off because they're out of Wacky Land. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but but Yo Yo Dodo one 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 major episode and is remembered years and years and years later and the animation in that is phenomenal you talk about disney you should definitely go back and look at this one it it is superbly like directed by bob clampett uh the story was by warren foster and uh the um of course mel blank uh billy bletcher leon uh schlesinger there it is um but yeah i mean it really is it's a great episode that just i can remember a tiny t- or not t- looney tunes looney tunes got repackaged for nick at night for a while if anybody remembers that and it seemed like once a week they would play that episode and mm-hmm. it didn't matter because once a week i'd watch that episode yeah so yeah uh yo-yo dodo if you've never seen it definitely it's one of my favorite if if that episode is on i'll watch it, it doesn't same matter. here yeah it's one of my favorites as well so there you go all right so one my last one this is the I, one I was wondering if Joe's going to steal it because Joe and I think we have like our, our we share a favorite con- character. I'm pulling another controversial one. Okay. Then so, that's not him. This isn't him, but who is this gentleman? If you're if Chichi you're Rodriguez or if, Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> <Chichi> Rodriguez. <laughs> anyway, if you're the golfer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
if you're if you're watching on youtube you can see that i'm holding up it's a speedy gonzalez glass pepsi made them in 1973 so my friend jerry greer gave this to me because i asked him and he collects all these and he and i, I actually I, I rarely do this but i go i want that will you give it to me and he only has about 4,672 of them. But the one that he drinks his bourbon out of and keeps at his home is from the character that they have killed off and no longer talk about. And I'm talking about Slowpoke Rodriguez. <laughs> now, the thing about Slowpoke, and you could still find this glass of Slowpoke, and it goes for a little bit of money on eBay, but not it's not completely, it's just not enough for me to, it's a little too high for me to pay for the thing about Slowpoke is, is that he walks around. He's the slowest mouse in all of Mexico is the story behind him. And he is the anti anti and he's antithesis to Speedy Thank Gonzalez. You. Right, Jane. Gonzalez. I can't right. believe it. I'm still kidding. I said Chi Chi Rodriguez. <laughs> okay. So Speedy Gonzalez. At least you didn't say Chi Chi's a celebration of food. He's, oh my god. Hold on. He's like, cousin. He's Speedy's cousin, right? And Speedy's the fastest. But the thing is, is people shit on this one and they've killed it. But Slowpoke wasn't slow in the head, the La Cabeza. He's not slow in the head. He's actually the smartest person in the room. He just speaks in a monotone voice and is slow with his movements. He outsmarts the cat with alternatives and more effective methods than anyone else. Like at one episode, he has a gun, right? In another one, he's able to use his eyes to to uh, is it sylvester i can't remember to use his it's eyes usually to mysticize him to use it right he is the smartest one in the room he outsmarts the cat every time where speedy's always running away i'm not saying speedy's stupid i'm just saying why do we get this which is me holding up my speedy gonzalez one more time well i think speedy's been kind of canceled too by the way well no speedy was in the uh he was gabriel iglesias did the voice of him but well, he, here's the thing though yeah. Is this a commentary in general? Is that if you're athletic, we'll put you more in the mainstream? He uses his physicality. physicality I don't know. I just and, like the slow Pope Rodriguez had a gun. No, no, I'd say physicality, and we accept that. But we and don't that's why Joe is a true American. <laughs> uh, no, I if you if you do three more bars of that, you owe Hulk Hogan a coke. Uh, oh, Hulk Hogan, uh, uh, oh, a brother. <laughs> You say brother five times in the mirror, or the Hulkster shows up and rips your shirt. <laughs> so, oh my God, that'd be great. It would be well, yeah, until he ripped my favorite shirt, and then I well, don't wear your favorite him. shirt when you do it. <laughs> Duh. What else am I? What if I wore no shirt? Ooh, Hulkster, what are you gonna rip now? You're gonna get a waxing, brother. Oh, brother. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I. I get. I didn't mean to be political tonight with all my choices, but I really. This is the one I wanted to end with. Uh, they allow Speedy Gonzalez. Are you going to you going to request an honorable mention because that'll help me out with my honor. I've have... got. I've, I've got one. I want an honorable mention that will okay. actually be my most mainstream one. But I love him. But I I got to talk about these other characters too. So all right, go. Who's next? All right, so uh, mine is more mainstream, and and the reason mine's mainstream, which is irritates me, is because of merchandising, which irritates the hell out of me. Merchandise. I'm talking about Marvin the Martian. I'd say that was actually my, one of my honorable mentions. So I'm glad you did it because Marvin yeah. the Martian, if it's a Marvin the Martian cartoon, it's another one that I don't care what I'm doing. My head, my I kid's head is stuck it. in a vice. I will still be like, you daddy, get your head out in a minute. I'm going to watch this, this cartoon. That's Martian. He's hilarious. I used to do a spot on Marvin and I can't do it anymore. 
CUNY Earthling. Yeah, see, I can't do it anymore. I, I used to do I was there was I, supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom. Boom. I, love there it goes. I mean, hold on. Marvin's right over here behind my glass. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, I mean, I hope well, you guys keep on talking. Puny oh, earthling. Yeah, I see him. yeah. But no, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I just love Mar Marvin. I didn't realize he only appeared in five cartoons. Do you know this is true? Actually, there there was a um I, I, I didn't know he I only appeared in five. Yeah, I it was more. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But this I, is iconic. I'm holding up Marvin. Yeah, he's right iconic, and he, he's like, honestly he 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 in terms of of, and it's all because of merchandising. He's almost as iconic as did as Bugs and Daffy because well, I don't know about that, but I do know. I don't. But do you so know probably, who? Do you know who said that that was as close as he he would get to believing in God? No, what? Chuck Jones. Harlan Ellison. Harlan Ellison said, I, I'd believe in Marvin the Martian before I'd believe in God. It's a great line because he actually agreed to sign a Marvin the Martian because he goes, at least him I have respect for. Um, By the way, this I is a really cool Marvin the Martian. I forgot yeah. that he's all posable and shit. I yeah. can't remember the context of that that story, but I never I, I never dreamed I'd get to bring up Harlan Ellison today. But no, Harlan Ellison actually said the <laughs> best cartoon and the best that he that he viewed as godlike level was Marvin the Martian because at least he had a plan and he was going to change the cosmos. An earth shattering kaboom. kaboom. Yeah, so he, I, that's a man. I should have that didn't even really register him. That's one, actually one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, because I was going to say I thought you would have took him because that's why I had my backup because Joe and I have. I, a, I, see, and I, didn't, I was trying I to go a little bit more interesting and obscure. I just have questions about some of the shit that we choose and choose so not. Did you did you hear that side comment, James? So our picks aren't interesting. His is interesting. No, yes. that's what he just said. You heard it right, James. You know why? I mean, because, I don't hold know on, that let I me do this. To hold, say on. It. hold on, let me do this. You know why, Chad? Why, James? Because Joe picks interesting characters. He likes interesting characters. <laughs> I was talking to Martha just the other day, and I said, you know who picks interesting characters? Joe so picks interesting, interesting characters. characters. I would like to meet interesting characters. When you like to meet interesting characters, Chad, I can do it all day, folks. <laughs> Don't push me. What is, so, the, what, is the, what is the I need to eat song that you do for your kids all the time? Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Don't take my credit. Oh my God! Go all right, who's up? So I, can, no, I, still, right. I haven't. I haven't even talked about Marvin yet. <laughs> Go ahead, talk about. What Marvin. is there to talk Jeez, about? Chad. So Marvin first appeared in 1948. Hold, hold on, where is he from again? <laughs> He's from Venus. Uh, was he? Yeah. So he first appeared in 1948's Hair Devil Hair, which was created by Chuck. He was created by Chuck Jones. Uh, again, I was. He was only appeared in five episodes of Looney Tunes between 1948 and 1963. They're pretty spread out. Um, and he only he only later appeared in five additionals in the 80s and 90s, which I'll get into in a minute. Uh, Do you know he's never mentioned by name during those first shorts? He's only called Commander Flying Saucer X2. The name Marvin the Martian did not come uh, come around till the 90s when they found out that he had merchandising potential. That did not sense. know that. I didn't know um, that either, but that makes sense. Yeah. And the reason I love Mar Marvin is because he's the perfect combination of science fiction and slapstick comedy, two of my favorite things. Um, uh, if I only always, they could get Twizzlers in there somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Jones, uh, I want to talk about when uh, I found a great quote from Chuck. Uh, it's actually on the Chuck Jones website about how, what, why he created Marvin the way that he did. Why he, did. Uh, he created Mar Marvin in, his, in that style because he's a Martian. So he decided that Marvin should be dressed as a Martian. 
Uh, his first step was at creating the character, was therefore to draw the curiously tuffled helmet worn by Mars, the Roman god of war, which I thought was fascinating. That is uh, interesting. Th- I didn't know that. And then he figured black ants are scary, so that's why you have the ant black face and a couple of angry eyes behind his helmet. Hmm. Um, then Marfin, uh, Martian has no e- the Martian has no evidence of a mouth, but people are rarely aware of that. I then decided a metal skirt was su- was suitable wear for a god of war. And suitable for not putting tennis shoes on an ant seemed like a good idea. So I gave Martian a pair of Marvin a pair of tennis shoes, like a lot of my characters. I just found that fascinating. So I had to bring that up. That was his whole build on Marsh on Marvin. Cool. So yeah, just found it fascinating. Marvin the Martian again is one of my favorite characters just because I and I specifically love his his interactions with Daffy. Because he always manages to one up Daffy. Because again, you know, there are the bugs where Bugs gets his one up on, on Marvin. But the fact that Daffy just can't get get Marvin, he just all Marvin does is pull out the gun, boom, zaps him, and he's done. But he's Duck Dodgers of the twentieth century. I love Duck Dodgers. I actually have that on. I have that and Marvin on my Christmas tree. Yeah, James. That I have up now in April. Well, as today again, April. Nope, it would be July. As That's uh, bullshit right there. <laughs> As as Joe alluded to, and as I've already said, I like nonsense about me being more interesting. And uh, he does meet interesting people, Chad. He and does. He says, he says interesting. See, you have to lean into it, gentlemen. He has to, he I love this. He's telling me how interesting. I mean, you're not interesting, but you meet interesting people. I'm so many interesting monsters. I'm out of water. Oh, uh, no, I want to talk about he's only in two episodes of the classic, you know, before the reboots and all that in the 80s. And that is, as Joe was alluding to before I cut him off, a minor character, but an important one. Anthony Flea, often referred to only as a period Flea. Oh my now, God. what Joe was alluding to and what I do to my children all the time, matter of fact, not even related to us doing this show tonight. I sent the clip to my wife yesterday. Um, and he is best known for his what musical. What clip did you send? Um, the clip where he sings. Is this his, another one of your Dick Nixon picks? Uh, he sings his famous song, which goes, of course, there'll be food around the corner, <laughs> food around the corner, food around the corner for me. Lord of mercy, honey, food around the corner. <laughs> Food around the corner. Food around the corner. For me. The plot. That's funny. Oh, it's uh, every time. Once again, I don't care what's happening. I hear food around the corner, and my attention is taken. (laughs) I don't care. Oh, there's a terrible. There's a. (laughs) Yeah, Joe put the ear. So yeah, that's been replaced by Crambone for me. I love them both. I Crambone. Crambone beats out the flea a little bit. Yeah. Literally, you could come in, and this cartoon could be on the TV, and you could say, "Hey." the Swedish bikini team bus broke down outside and they're all outside. I'd be like, hold on. That's more important things are on the TV. Uh, no, a flea, I'm like that with one lump or two. <laughs> basically the, the plot to the, his first appearance, it actually is Elmer Fudd, but Elmer Fudd is not the major character. It's his dog. Elmer Fudd is sitting and tried to read a Porky Pig Bugs Bunny comic book. And a flea is a flea that's dressed as a hillbilly, which may be why he doesn't appear as much as he could. Uh, again, cultural sensitivity and all of that stuff. And, you know, Appalachian being where we're from, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe I'm okay with it. But anyway, 
So basically, this flea that's a hillbilly attacks the dog. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here going, there'll be food around the corner, you rat. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. And there's an entire scene. What I love about the cartoon is Rambo. he sings that entire song. He sings that entire song. And then he gets on the dog. And does he bite the dog immediately? Oh, no, no. No. He pulls out ketchup. He pulls out mustard. He puts mayonnaise on the dog. He then uh, salts, peppers, gets two big pieces of bread, which makes the question, if he already had the bread, why was he so hungry? But hey, what are you going to do? And literally puts it, the, uh, a hunk of the dog's flesh in between it and bites it. And then it cuts, of course, to the dog screaming. And then Elmer goes, shut up, I'm trying to read. Um, this character appeared in two cartoons. And both of one, he's just trying to find a home. And it, then, of course, Joe, it gets changed to, there'll be a home around the corner. Home around the corner. It doesn't matter. I laugh every time. A Flea is an underused character, but it doesn't matter. It's so, just a lot of fun. I got a question for you before we go to the honorable mention one. How do you feel about that Tiny Toons when they kind of did a variation of it and they basically just turned it into the the Fievel, uh, the American's Tale story? Did you remember this one? Uh, vaguely. It doesn't matter. Nothing beats food around the corner. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like, literally, uh, without going into detail about everything that's been going on with me, the reason I sent to my wife was I'm like, when all this is done, this is going to be me not eating peanut butter and crackers for six weeks. <laughs> and I just sent her the food around the corner skin. And I couldn't, even watching it to send it to her, I was like, this is, this is classic. Uh, Honorable mentions? Yeah, do you have one? Yes. Go Sylvester for the Cat Jr. Oh, Father. How will I ever explain? You this have always someone? disappointed me. Is oh, that really? Father. Is that really his name, Sylvester the Cat Jr.? I had to freaking Google it, Chad. And the only thing, because they never give him a name, he's simply known as Sylvester Jr. Huh? That's it. Oh, That's all I can father. find. Or Jr. Oh, Sylvester shame. Jr. Oh, for shame, shame. Father. How my, do you not again, love that? Again, my father's favorite line is when he, how I explain this is the boys in Troop 6. <laughs> <laughs> That's so damn random. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it, like it's a Boy Scout troop reference. I get it, but like, it's, it's a, whatever. Like, why is his name did. George? Why will you call him George? I mean, don't get me wrong. When you're sitting there writing and your people's like, well, how much did you write? Well, what's the line, James? I only wrote six words, but they were the right words. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I came up with 500 names, but George was the right name. Well, how do you know George is the right? Because we're quoting it 60 years later. Oh, father. <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. I just, I, I, I don't, it's hard for me to pick those. And honestly, I would have taken Marvin, but you already got that. So Sylvester mm -hmm. Jr., how do I explain this voice troop It's a great line. <laughs> oh, the fact that he's just so disappointed in his dad because his dad's a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> how our children feel. Who's next? I'll go because again, I you know the nope, 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 don't wanna wanna. Nope, nope, don't wanna. This is also a line that I say over and over again. So he's one of my favorite characters. Why for you bury me in the cold, cold, cold ground? ground. <laughs> I actually said that to my kids two days ago, and they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> All right, so, but that's one of the good lines. I actually think Taz is slightly overused. Now, 
now man people have that but that's one of the funnier ones or when the taz's wife shows up no the first the first six so taz only appeared in only appeared in five episodes and those five episodes are golden that's all Um, he ever showed up that's all he ever showed up so in my head he's overused just like i think the roadrunner and the coyote are overused. well and so again this is marketing he's a super genius but yes he is he is overused now (laughs) Because, but the, those first five original cartoons that Looney Tunes produced oh, are great. Golden. Actually, yeah. and you know what? I'm even going to defend the show Tasmania because I just love the fact that he's the only one that's that way. The rest of yeah. his family is fully articulate. Also, his dad's being crossed. And his dad's being crossed. <laughs> now, son. But no, uh, years so I can beat you with some sweet Valencia. <laughs> I didn't. And the re- when I was going to, and why I tossed up between him and Marvin, I, I, Marvin's superior, bar none. But I just, but uh, I didn't realize it. And again, I pulled this from Wikipedia because I'd sort of take it for what it's worth. But the producer Edward Selzer actually shelved the character because he thought it was too violent for children. For really? Looney Tunes. <laughs> um, and Tad, and the only thing that saved him was actually the head of the studio, Jack Warner, because he, he noticed that they weren't using him. They were like, wait, where's this Taz guy? I really like that one. And then he got featured in four more. But then they then then he kind of gotten forgotten when the when the, the studio closed in 1964. And then again fan nostalgia brought him back those first five episodes those five seasons it's kind of like a firefly thing where fans wanted him more so they brought him back um and then you saw him appear as a mentor in tiny tunes to dizzy devil and then eventually in 1991 we get tasmania but it's just his it's just the sheer insanity of the character like that that first episode where all the animals are fleeing for their safety yeah and and here comes how'd that go again Sorry. And what I liked, what I liked about it, and this is true, no matter what Bugs did to him, he just came back. Like you know, the, all the other ones would like oh stumble. My God, do you realize what we need to do, Chet? We need to write the thing. This should be a, a, at least a four-hour epic film Warner Brothers can make, where the Tasmanian Devil gets <clears throat> Anthony Flea on him. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there'll be food, food around, around the corner. corner. Around, around the corner. corner but yeah and i just like what for you bite tass he, the cold cold buttocks what what for <laughs> you bury me in the cold cold ground i just love that line and also too i just i loved it because he was kind of like the looney tune superman he was because whenever bugs hit him he didn't flinch it he just was there he's like okay you got me i'm gonna eat you again and then bugs would do it and he would just still appear and not even be phased i just loved that's why i loved it so yeah Gojo seems like you want to say something. Well, no, James, did you? Did we all have an honorable mention? I've got what well, the honorable mention I want to do is not a minor character. He was in twenty nine, though. I always want to say it seems like more because there's one more missing. I had he should talk about. He was not created by the normal things. He was actually created by, um, sorry, I lost it. Robert McKimson. Okay. Robert McKimson had worked for Disney. And he created this character that was meant to be a blowhard. Sorry, I, by the way, it I'm, was. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I chuckled. I literally was thinking of Beaky Buzzard eating marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> you know why, Chad? Because there'll be food around. No, 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 no. But Kimson took this idea of shouldn't there be other characters like rabbits? You've got a rabbit. You get 
shouldn't there be more farmyard characters? I, good, good. And I was hoping looked, somebody would got him. He looked at an actual I'll say, I'll say. senator. He looked at an actual senator who had a very southern rhetoric, was known to be an actual blowhard. You can look this guy up. He, he was actually um, uh, the, the uh, and it was, I should say, it was on a radio show. It was a senator on a radio show. But it's based on a radio show of Senator Claghorn. Yeah. So when he had to name him, he called him Foghorn Leghorn. And I love Foghorn Leghorn because of the little things that are almost whispered. Like that, you get the, right. I say, I say, I say, son. And then occasionally little things will come out of his mouth. And I, again, it just reminds me of. I thought it's he was in, more than 52. Uh, it, it's uh, uh, 29 uh, of the original ones. 29. Okay. Um, Starting in 1946, so he was a late addition to that lexicon of Looney Tunes character. But I love that character. Excuse me. I love that character because... He's about as sharp as a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. It's all the little signs. He's saying, boy, boy means well, oh, but boy. And my dad used to do that stuff to me all the time. He said, I say, I say, son, son. Uh, and so, yeah, all the lines that he would do. And oh, that every- woman's got a mouth like an outboard motor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, he's not talking, he's not quoting Foghorn right now. And he would actually do, he did, he, <laughs> he did Camp Town Races often. Oh, um, Camp Town Races. But yeah, and so, and then he had a rivalry with Barnyard Dog, but he to help the chicken hawk which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because chicken hawk you know was after him i had a but yeah go ahead chad yes, chad, like chad you're about ready to explode. gal reminds me of a highway between fort worth and dallas no curves <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the winner uh, hen who's uh, do you know her actual name no missy prissy oh missy prissy because i prefer winter hen i say that so i need a man I say that dog is lower than a than a snake full of buckshot. <laughs> I no, like man, the Dallas no curves. <laughs> oh oh then, my god! Hold on, James, and then I'll let you go on. That dog's as subtle as a hand grenade in a barrel of oatmeal. <laughs> a barrel of what? Oatmeal. What oatmeal? That's not as classic, as George. Sorry, okay. Oh no no. Um. <laughs> no, his, his comments when he's talking about the winter head. Any of this getting through that blue bonnet of yours? <laughs> all right, gentlemen. I think we all should get drunk now and watch Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I think we probably need to wrap it up. We've been a little over an hour. Smart boy. Got a mind on him like a steel trap. Trap full of mice. If that kid don't <laughs> quit talking so much, he'll get his tongue sunburned. <laughs> I, say, I say that's a joke, son. It's a joke. <laughs> all yeah, right there guys might just be a market for bottled duck <laughs> <laughs> it's all the nonsensical stuff man. <laughs> the bottle duck was funny to me you gotta boy, love foghorn leghorn <laughs> this boy's making more noise than a couple of skeletons throwing a fit on a tin roof <laughs> that boy's right. more mixed up than a feather in a whirlwind. It, I sh- it's sure, I say, it's sure quiet around here. You can hear a caterpillar sneaking across a moss bed in tennis shoes. <laughs> that, that, that dog's about as subtle as a hand grenade in a barrel of oatmeal. 
that I say, already said that, that I say yeah that I say I that do drugs just, that 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 I say that boy is just like a tattoo gets under your skin <laughs> okay we probably need to wrap this up so if you we miss that boy's got more nerves than a bum tooth hold nice girl but, nice girl but it's about as sharp as a sack of wet mice <laughs> That's not as good as Fort Worth the day. That, by the way, would be a great job. Can you imagine that job getting to write? It's like writing lines for Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns, right. Writing lines right. for Falcon yeah. Lake. Yeah. Must be a blast. Must be a blast. Nice. All right, Hold guys. On. The last this one, is... last one, last one. Nice boy, but he's got more nerve than a bum to. <laughs> he already did that. You all aren't listening to one another. Of course, you know this means war. Yeah. yeah. That's All a right. classic line from a bunch of characters. So I'm glad you got that out. Now, if you want us to do more Looney Tunes, let us know really quick. I apologize for a bunch of dings, but I'm going to give a shout out to Scarefest. And Adrian from Scarefest kept messaging me, who hadn't talked to me in months, just to ask me about she also has COVID for some odd reason, thought that we would have some sort of similar COVID symptoms. So I apologize. Is Adrian Elder from this Scarefest. Is- Hold on, go here. I say bear is a cooch dancer's midriff. A what? A cooch dancer's midriff. Yeah, I'm oh. shutting up. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. guys. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I go. had it, and then you came back with that. <laughs> all right, so thank you all so hey, much. Hey, what's the idea of jacking that? <laughs> Boys, one at a time. I say, I say. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop recording. This has been Bonehead Weekly. We love the Looney Tunes. Uh.